Everybody, welcome back. It is the Razball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am beat on, joined by the fantasy master Lothario himself, the man, the myth, the legend, Gray Albright. How are you doing over there, Gray? Good, man. Hey, uh, I don't know if you heard. Uh, I think we're all. I think we're working for donkey teeth now. And did you <laughs> did you hear? I don't know if you heard, but he won. He won like. A ton of money on Sunday from uh, this football thing <laughs> that I know nothing about. Uh, did you hear about this? He won- no, he's ser- he won like twenty grand uh, using the uh, using the football tools. Uh, if uh, you're not using football.rasball.com uh, backslash pigskininator, <laughs> uh, yeah, you you'll find it if you go there. <laughs> Just look for- Look for the tools in the menu. I, yes. I don't. I haven't been on the football side of the, the football <laughs> side of the site in a couple of years. But that's what's going on over there. Um, but yeah, Donkey won like twenty grand, bro. What's going on? I feel like we need to like crash his place and rob him. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a fantastic idea. I mean, I think we should probably wait and see if he gets any like. NFBC money too before we jump in and rob him but yeah I, I think that's uh that's in the plans for like you know early October Gray I think early October that's actually, that's actually you bring up a good point because it's kind of like selling high and buying low like it's like do you go in and rob donkey teeth now of 20 grand or do you wait until like October when that could be like over 20 grand or do you wait until October when that could be under 20 grand that is <laughs> on when to rob donkey teeth i'd love for people to uh you know uh, uh give us a little uh a, an idea of what they're thinking in the comments <laughs> just jump in and let us know would you rob donkey teeth now or would you wait until october oh <laughs> <laughs> well, i don't know gray i mean you have some insight because i think at least one of his nfbc teams he's sharing with you so i mean we'd have to kind of like rob yourself a little bit right literally yesterday we should have robbed them yesterday <laughs> if our team has any indication that that money is only going to go down <laughs> all right so we will start planning the uh the theft of donkey teeth's money uh it has to happen before next sunday because we can't give him time to bet it all back into the football pool so yes but yes go check out the football tools uh if, since gray doesn't really know anything you just go to the football page <laughs> And over on the right side, just like on the baseball, you go to tools, and it's all right there. Uh, so, yes, it's it's there for you on the football side. But we're still, still here to talk about baseball, Gray. We have not forgotten about those people grinding out the last two weeks, three weeks of baseball here, trying to take home those titles or at least, you know, get in the money so that they don't end up like uh, you and Donkey Teeth at the end yeah, of baseball or, season. Or end up like Donkey Teeth come November. <laughs> As he blows through his money. It's it's those guys on the corner who are wearing like really nice clothes with the homeless sign still. And you're like, no, I'm not, I can't give him money. Like he clearly like got out of bed and showered and like he has money. He's fine. Why, why is that guy? Why is that guy's sign say "Will DFS for food"? What does that mean? DFS down for no no. We're not even gonna go down that, that path, Gray. Um, <laughs> Let's talk a little baseball, though. I mean, before we get into some of the call-ups and things, I mean, the, there's the MVP talks, and that's that's hot and heavy right now. Obviously, Aaron Judge having a terrific season just kind of also puts in perspective how great Barry Bonds was in his season. But, I mean, 
should Shohei Otani be the MVP for as long as he's doing what he's doing? Can you even make a case for anybody else as long as he's a ace pitcher and top five bat in the game? Uh, yeah, no, I, you know, I don't think you can. If, uh, if Otani's doing what he's doing, like the last two seasons, and I think his actually, his pitching's even better this year. And last year he won the MVP. So I just don't see how, like, you can really say like, oh, um, like, I don't know how you can say anyone else is the MVP when you have what Shohei Otani's doing. Uh, you know, like, I don't really buy into that whole, like, if a team is winning or losing, that is somehow, like, dependent on one player. I don't, I don't buy into that. <laughs> I don't, I don't really think, like, Aaron Judge, you know, Aaron Judge, say you move Aaron Judge to the Angels, the Angels are still terrible. <laughs> They're still a bad team. But if you move Otani to the Yankees, I think, I think the Yankees actually get a little bit better because, Oh, it just Otani as a pitcher. If you just move Otani as a pitcher to the Yankees, the Yankees get better because the Yankees really could use pitching. <laughs> Jordan Montgomery. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, Aaron Judge really, like, he's having a phenomenal year. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, and I do, I actually, I think, you know, most writers and I think most people are going to vote for Judge, you know. So this is just my own opinion. Like, I think, in reality, I think Judge is going to win the MVP. I think, I don't even think it's going to be that close, to be honest, because he's got, like, the Yankee thing, and he, and, you know, people love the homer. (laughs) People love, people love a home run, man. Um, So I really do think Aaron Judge is going to win this, like, going away pretty easily, but... Yeah, I mean, I would vote for Otani just simply because, I mean, what he's doing is, like, unheard of outside of himself. (laughs) Like, outside of what he did last year, no one's ever done this before. Like, people are like, oh, you know, they people talk about Babe Ruth, but Babe Ruth never even pitched when he was a good hitter. Like, he never did that. (laughs) He did. He did pitch one year. And then hit another year, but he didn't do them simultaneously. And also, um, not to go too far down the Babe Ruth path, but, <laughs> but down the line in Yankee Stadium back in the 20s, it was 295 feet. So, I mean, two, actually 296 feet. So, I mean, you know, the fact that Babe Ruth hit a lot of home runs, uh, I mean, it's like, come on, guys. <laughs> like, Babe Ruth would basically be like, I mean, at best, he would be Kyle Schwarber in today's game. At worst, he would be like Darren Ruff. <laughs> Darren, call him Darren Roof. Um, yeah, so I don't know. But I do think Aaron Judge wins it. I think Otani should, though, because, you know, what he's doing on the mound and at bat is just, like, insane once again. I mean, we've never seen anything like it. He's having as good a year, if not better, this year. Uh, and last year he won the MVP, and yeah, I don't think it's really close. I honestly, I think Otani's easy MVP, even though I don't think he wins it. I think he should uh, quite easily. I don't know. What's your thoughts? Uh, I mean, I think Otani should win it running away. I mean, the man has been amazing on both sides. The only thing that even remotely brings up a point is that he's not in the field, but that's completely removed by the fact that he pitches, for Christ's sake. I mean, he's a ninth in ERA. He's seventh in strikeouts and fifth in home runs, Gray. That's absolutely absurd. And, and like, he's doing it while, you know, he's concentrating on both. He's not, you know, only hitting. He's not only pitching. He's doing both at the same time. So he gets less time to practice both, and he's still that good at both sides. And you're right. He's been even better as a pitcher this year. Um, so, yeah, I think it's Otani. I'm with you in regards to the win-loss thing. If that, if it's, you know, if it's literally a coin flop, coin flip, and, like, they have the same stats, like, everything's pretty much the same, then maybe you take the guy on the better team. But this isn't, this isn't this that. Isn't like, that. It's, like, it's totally, totally different. different. Um, uh, and, and Babe Ruth's park resembled more of a football than it did 
you know, a baseball diamond at times. So, yes, uh, in regards to left and right field, uh, where Babe Ruth was hitting home runs, uh, a little bit different than what we have currently, since it is the pretty much the stadium that made MLB set standards for what they had to be lengthwise. Also, for Otani, for like just on a fantasy uh, perspective, I mean, if you look at like his K's have really come down a lot this year. He's become a better hitter. He's really like he's matured into a really solid hitter. Like he's not he was pretty heavy on K's last year. He's not like that this year. Uh down from almost 30% uh K rate to uh just over 24%. That's pretty dramatic of a uh you know of an improvement. Um you know, I think Otani's really like I think Otani's even safer too. Like, if we're talking fantasy for next year, I mean, I think Otani's still over Judge in my eyes, even though um, Judge has gotten better, I think, uh, you know, for fantasy, for draft-wise. It's going to be hard to be in on Judge next year because this does feel like such a – like, I don't buy into the whole contract year thing, but – this really does feel like the ultimate contract year. <laughs> like this does not feel repeatable, like on any level at all. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's still going to go up though for like fantasy for uh, for draft rankings. I can't imagine judges m- much outside of like the top twelve overall in fantasy. Probably like the top eight. I don't know seven even. Where Otani, I mean, Otani was what? I, I forget what I had Otani at this year. I think five. I can't imagine him being much lower than five again. Like, this is just another, like, phenomenal year from him. At this point, until we see, until we see him actually be human and not be able to, like, pitch every fifth day, like, I mean, it's like, it's like insane what he's doing. Like, this is not, this does not make sense at all. Like, I honestly, until we saw it, I, I wouldn't have believed it until we saw it. Like I, and I didn't, uh, you know, for a while there when Otani was like in the first couple years of the, of the league, when he was in uh, the uh, majors for the first couple years, I was like, there's no way he stays healthy. There's no way he can do this like every you know, like every fifth day pitch as well as hit, as well as like, you know, getting as many at bats as he gets. Like he's looking, we're looking at like a year of a uh, hundred and I'll say roughly 155 innings from him this year. When all, and when everything's said and done with like 20, I'll say 27 games started a, a two fit, a 2.5 ERA you know, obviously that could change either way. And he's got, you know, right now he's got 35 homers and 11 steals. Like, that's great. And he's playing every day. Like, he's going to be, again, it'll be like, he'll be near 100 and he'll be at least 155 games played, if not more. Like, last year he played 158 games. Like, this is crazy. Like, I hope he stays healthy. But, man, does that sound like, absurd for him to do every year like like this is like i mean this is better than like some of those prime cal ripkin years when he played every inning (laughs) this is is more taxing on the body i'm sorry cal ripkin i i know cal ripkin is everyone's favorite (laughs) everyone's hero from their childhood but i mean the fact that otani's pitching every fifth day and and like hitting five, you know, four or five times a game, like it's cr- this is crazy what he's doing. It's really absurd. So I don't know. Hopefully he stays healthy. But yeah, I think I'm. I gotta think Otani over Judge next year for fantasy. Am I am I wrong? What do you think? Uh, I think it's kind of format dependent. If you can definitely get, you know, if you have daily lineups and you can get the pitching and hitting stats out of him. Absolutely. If if we're talking about a weekly lineup set, I can see the argument for Judge just because he is going. He, a you can put him in the outfield instead of utility um, as a bat, and I mean you're going to get essentially the same. Like if if we look at like Rudy's projections for next year, I would I would almost guess that we have very similar projected hitting lines for Judge 
in Otani, maybe Judge has a slightly higher average after going 287-307 the last two years. But I would guess the home run number is about the same. Again, I think this is the the career year for, for home runs from Judge. I mean, 55 right now, looking to break 60 before the end of the season. I would not project him over 50 again next year even though he's done it twice, but that's just such an anomaly out of what he, you know, what's, what's expected. If I had to guess, I would say judge is going to pro- project it. He'll be like 40, 42 homers and Otani will be projected for 38. That would be, that would be my guess right now. Right. So, so that's pretty much the case is whether you and can swap him daily or not. And that's assuming he stays in Yankee stadium judge. That is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you I can mean, if daily lineup, daily I think Otani's won. I think there's the strong argument. Yeah, well. yeah. I mean, there's a definitely a case to made. I, I for sure. I mean, I think, I think he's definitely in the top tier of players for overall for next year. Uh, Otani, that is, and yeah, I just don't see Judge in that same tier. I, I think Judge is. I think Judge is great, but I just don't like. I would say if he falls back to. And this is still really good. <laughs> but if he falls <laughs> back to like 42 homers, 10 steals, and 280, yeah, I mean, uh, that's still, I mean, that's obviously, that's still great. That's, I don't think that's in the, I don't think that's above Otani, though. Yeah, I mean, one year ago, he had 39, 287, Aaron Judge. And that's a great season, and that's perfectly in the realm of possibilities of what he's going to put up. So don't get blinded by the sixty home runs, and like let's 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 think this through. Um, I do think whatever ball we get next year, which we obviously won't know until we get into it, may have a factor. Like I like his his home runs this year matter a little bit more because home runs were down a little bit overall comparatively to like twenty nineteen when literally everybody hit thirty home runs. We're getting one. We're next year. We're getting one of Kbert Ruiz's uh, balls. <laughs> everyone, everyone, cross your legs as I said that. Okay. All right. Let's move on from the show. He talk. Let's talk about some call ups and some other players here. Gray, uh, help the people out a little bit. Uh, Josh Jung got called up. We've been talking about him and complaining that he wasn't up, and uh, here we are. He got called up for that home series, like we said was. Probably going to happen. It was ridiculous. But here we are, Gray. 19 on Itch's post-MLB draft rankings update. He missed time this year with a shoulder injury. That's not what you want to see from a young hitter, but it's still performed since coming back. 24 games in AAA. He has six home runs, a stolen base, 273, 321, 525. He's had three games up in the majors. He has a home run, a stolen base. Um, he's hitting, hitting out of the sixth spot so far. Pretty much a pickup if you need a a power bat here and down the stretch, right, Gray? Or in general, probably just a pickup. Yeah, no, completely. You know, like we were saying, I think before he got called up, that he would be, you know, a top call up if he did, and voila, he did. So yeah, definitely, I would grab him. I I think he's probably, you know, I I, I think it was in his uh, first game on Friday he had a slam in legs. I don't really – I don't think you should expect many more steals. I was kind of surprised he stole it all, but I don't know the uh, – I didn't know the – I don't know the circumstances, so maybe it was an easy uh, an easy pitcher-catcher battery. Um, by the way, we haven't even talked about the fact that the uh, they're getting rid of the shift and, and, they're mo- and the pitch clock. I'm so excited about all that, by the way. I mean, it's going to be amazing. Were you in – you were on vacation in Hilton Head. Did you hear about uh, this? I, I did hear about it. Um, okay. yeah, yeah, I wasn't sure if you heard. Yeah, yeah. I mean the uh, the pitch clock alone. Sorry, this is uh, this is a sidetrack from Josh Jung. <laughs> uh, but the pitch clock alone, I don't think people really fully understand how much that's going to affect. I think hitters more than pitchers. Like if there's like there'll be a few pitchers like the Taiwan Walkers of the world and the Pedro Baezes and the Kenley Jansons, like the guys who take like extremely long, like they might get affected. But for the most part, I think once a pitcher's in his groove and he's able to pitch every like 15 seconds, I really, I think the hitters, if nothing else, I think the hitters could really be more affected than anyone. Like I think 
Because there's a lot of times, you know, hitters can, uh, like, they can step out of the box and, you know, take their sweet-ass time <laughs> to, uh, you know, get ready for a pitch and, you know, try and figure out in their head, like, what's going to come next? Like, you know, is it going to be a fastball? Is it going to be a curve, change, whatever? Like, the hitters, the whole time the hitters are in the box, they're sort of trying to figure out what's coming next. You take a, You take some time out. And you take some time out of their out of their ability to think about what's coming next. I think that could really affect pitchers. I mean, excuse me, hitters. Like I, I, I honestly think the pitch clock is being under um, underappreciated for how much hitters could be affected by it, and the shift I think is being overappreciated how much that's going to affect people. I don't think the shift's really going to do anything. Like I think the shift is probably. Like, there'll be a few guys, like, lefty contact guys, like, think of, like, like a Freddie Freeman, who is already a good contact guy. Like, he could be helped by uh, by the uh, the shift gang band. Like, that's, that's but like, the potential for, like, a Freeman or Kyle Tucker. Like, there's some guys who definitely maybe will get an extra five to ten points on their batting average. Um, but... Like the guys, I think the guys who a lot of people are thinking, like the Joey Gallows of the world, aren't going to be helped much at all. Like they might get an extra, like one hit, like every couple weeks. But for the most part, they don't make contact. So without contact, it doesn't matter if there's a shift or not there. So, you know, instead of Joey Gallo, Joey Gallo hitting 180, he could potentially hit like 195. He's still not going to be very good, but like, you know, Freeman's of the world and the Kyle Tuckers, I could see them getting a little bit of boost, but I think the pitch clock, like the pitch clock, I'm really excited about. And plus the fact that a pitcher can only uh, throw over twice. Steals could also go up a little bit. I don't know if they're going to go up as dramatically as some people might think. Like you still have to be fast to steal a base, <laughs> not, to, not to say the most obvious thing, but like, you still have to be somewhat, you know, you have to have speed. You like, it's not going to like the, the no throwing over isn't going to get like everyone like steals. <laughs> like, like Miguel Sano is not suddenly going to steal. Remember that, by the way, remember Miguel Sano, whatever happened to that guy, <laughs> he just disappeared. Okay. So anyway, long story short, I like Josh Jung. For power, uh, a guy like Eduardo Escobar can be even better than Josh Jung. Like a hot bat right now is much more valuable than a prospect call up. But, you know, Josh Jung is definitely worth grabbing in case he comes up hot. I, I have no problem with it. I, uh, I do think if the stadium, if the roof is open in Arlington, it's a better stadium. So if Josh Jung is home... And the roof is open. Not a bad streamer. I could see grabbing Josh Jung to see what happens. But, you know, at this time of the year, you really got to go for batty calls over, like, you know, a prospect call-up. Yeah, I mean, it definitely depends on your league. I mean, if, if your league has already used up all of the hot hitters right now, like, like an Eduardo Escobar, um, then, yeah, obviously, you know, you grab up the prospects as they come up and you hope that they're hitting – um, in general, though, I'm, I'm with you, Gray, in like an RCL where you have plenty of options in regards to streaming bats. You know, you can pick up Jung, play him in the right matchups, and then, you know, either set him down or maybe, you know, in the, or cut him for, you know, the next right matchup. And because you're just playing matchups the rest of the way out here in a, in a league like an RCL where you do have, you know, plenty of good hitters available with the right matchups day in, day out. Um, in regards to real quick, in regards to the two two big changes, the the pitch clock. I'm interested to see if it's more like basketball shot clock, where like the buzzer is the buzzer, and if you're not gone, like that's that's it. There's a penalty, or is it more like like a soccer game and stoppage time, and it's kind of like uh, you got like you a got few like seconds, a few of, seconds leeway. of leeway. Like I mm. think that I think matters for stolen bases. bases. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I haven't seen it in practice, but I would assume it's like uh, a shot clock. Um, I mean, that would be my guess. It'd be like, you know, it's a hard out, like, 
Uh, you know, it's uh, when the clock goes out, the clock goes out. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I know with the uh, the shift because uh, I I I did I read the uh, I read the rule changes, uh, which is really fascinating read. <laughs> A really, a really fun read. Reading MLB rules, uh, but I did read that uh, like once the pitcher releases the ball, then uh, fielders can then move wherever they want to move. So they could start at the bag, uh, like a shortstop or a second baseman can start at the bag, and then I guess when the pitcher releases the ball, they can move a little bit. But I don't think that's really going to, like, for, as far as the shift is concerned, I don't think that's really going to, you know, matter much. I don't know. It's, like, do you really want to be moving as a, you know, if you're a fielder? Like, you want to sort of be set in place and, you know, get ready for the ball to get hit to you. So, I don't know. But anyway, uh, I, yeah, I think the, uh, I'm excited about the pitch clock a lot. Like, you know, according to um, uh, Jeff, uh, our last podcast host, uh, who's at Baseball America now, who uh, goes, he goes to see a lot of minor league games where the pitch clock is there. He said that at games where the pitch clock was, because in some minor league games they had a pitch clock and some they didn't, he said at games where they had a pitch clock, it would be like a two and a half hour game, and games where there was no pitch clock, it would be over three hours. So, I mean, that was, you know, it's anecdotal, but. For the most part, that's sort of what I've been hearing. So if nothing else, to shave like 15, 20 minutes out of a game that is just the pitcher doing nothing with the ball, I'm all for it, man. (laughs) Sign me up. I'm I'm not as uh, optimistic. I don't don't like it quite as much as you do. I I kind of hate the, the idea of it. Because I, I feel like there's there is kind of a gamesmanship, like you said, like the the hitter can take some time. He can back out. The pitcher can step off the mound. They work through their signals when there's runners on. Obviously, some of that's helped by the new the new kind of buzzer system. But there's still pitchers out there using the old system of of signs too. So that's not completely in play yet. Um, I, I don't know. There's there's a lot of like gamesmanship in it, and I feel like. There's going to be some manipulation There's of it, like, does it, because if the hitter can just step in when, you know, there's like three seconds left, then, like, I feel like their team gets a lot bigger advantage on the base oh, pass. They can. No, there's rules. It's got to okay. be, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's like the, the hitter has to be in the box at like eight seconds. And the pitcher has to be like in his windup at three or something. Like, there's rules. It's not like the 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 hitter can't just like stand outside the box until like one second left, jump in and be like, "Hey, I got a ball." <laughs> <laughs> That's not. I mean, are, are Cueto yeah. and Nestor gonna time out? <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like it was like you know what? I'm timing out this whole inning. <laughs> Like Nestor has like some, you know, they, right. Nestor and Quato both have like some seven second like deliveries where they're like swinging and like. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I do want. I I didn't read about whether or not like you're in the if you're in motion, can your motion be like twenty four seconds? Can you be like? Oh, no. <laughs> I wonder if that starts a lot of like old like step back deliveries then like where you just step back and hold it for like 30 seconds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Like what about the uh the pitchers who have like it, it's like the time the time clock is like <laughs> the pitchers in motion for 30 seconds. Is that <laughs> is that something? Uh, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, Anyway. Right, great. Uh, Josh John. All right. We talked about kind of what we're thinking about with him. Um, next year, obviously very excited. But for this year, stream him uh, in the shallow leagues and those deeper leagues. Yeah, pick him up, grab him uh, if he's still there. Tristan Casas is the next one. Number 51 in Itch's current rankings. In AAA this year, he had 72 games. He had 11 home runs, 273, 382, 481. Um, hasn't hit much in his first seven games in the majors, two hits and 24 plate appearances, but Hey, at least one of those was a home run gray, uh, kind of had a rough start to the year in the minors and has recently pulled it together. Are you interested in Tristan Casas? Uh, yeah, again, like I'm interested in him if he's hitting, but if he's not hitting then in a redraft league, 
Like, you know, he's no better than, you know, a lot of other guys on waivers. So, yeah, I mean, I, I have nothing against, like, you know, him in the, in the long term. I think, uh, you know, his, his Ks were a little bit of an issue uh, this year versus uh, previous years. Like, not much. They ca- it came up a little bit. And now he's, you know, he's striking out a lot. In the majors, it's a small sample size. It's only seven games. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's still taking walks in the majors, which is a good sign. I- I'm excited about him for next year more than I am for this year. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I have him, actually. I have him on a few teams uh, that I drafted, like, way back on, like, uh, a draft and hold team or two. I think I grabbed him back when I thought he would be up in, like, May or June. Obviously, that didn't happen, but yeah, I, you know, I think he's probably a guy who will be, uh, he'll be on radars for next year. Like, absolutely. I'm excited about him for next year. For this year, yeah. I mean, if he's there and you're like, you know, if it's a deep enough league and you want to take a flyer, then sure. But yeah, I don't really, I don't see much there for this year uh, other than maybe the occasional home run. If he hits, you know, if he hits three homers this year and, 220 I think you're probably look that that's like what I would expect from this year yeah yeah I would say that's probably about right for this year I I just he's very young he's 22 years old um I just think there's going to be a strong adjustment period here which is great that he's getting it right now so he has some some idea of what he needs to work on come the off season um, but yes, I'm not overly optimistic for what he's going to do this year and if I'm honest I'm, I'm not overly optimistic for what he's going to do next year. I just think that like being so young, he ran through the system so fast. Like, I think there's a lot of work that he's going to need to do. And to be honest, I'm just not a big Tristan Casas fan. I think he kind of, he kind of gives me Eric Hosmer feels, um, which isn't what anybody wants to, to hear out there. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I'm sure it's probably has a, a better outlook for him having him rank 51. Um, but that's just kind of, that's kind of the feel I've gotten from Casas. Hopefully he's better than that. Uh, moving on, Mark Vientos Vientos got called up. up. This is a power first first and maybe only power. power. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Like kind of like Casas too. Yeah. Yeah, And I think Casas has has a little contact, contact, but but Vientos this year, year, 101 games in AAA, 24 home runs, 280, 358, 519, he had a 28.6% K rate, though, a 10.3% walk rate. So this is kind of that traditional Gallo, Sano, high power, high K rate. It's going to go far when he hits it. How often is he going to hit it? Yeah. Yeah, no, completely. I don't even think – like, I, I don't even know if he's playing every day for the uh, the Mets. I feel like he got called up as bench depth. Um, you know, cause like I've been saying with Eduardo Escobar, he's been hot, so he's definitely going to play. There's no reason why he wouldn't. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think, I think Ventos is like, you know, maybe platoons in with, uh, Vogelback, um, maybe platoons in with like, you know, Escobar goes to DH and maybe Ventos plays a little bit third or, or Alonzo goes to DH and Ventos plays first maybe for a game. But yeah, I don't, I don't even think Ventos is a starter. Whereas like, um, I would be surprised if Jung and, uh, Casas don't start at least primarily, you know, they might get a day off here or there, but they're, they're the primary uh, starters, I think for the Rangers, uh, Red Sox respectively, where with the Mets, I don't even think Ventos is a starter. So for this year, He's really down. Like, NL only, sure, if you have, like, a hole and you have to fill it, yeah, okay, great. But he's a, a daily league guy where you can you can play him when he's starting, but I don't think he's starting every day. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's probably accurate there. And they have a number of right-handed bats they can kind of pick and choose from. So I, I think they just kind of called him up, like you said, as, as bench depth and to see if, you know, if he comes up hot, maybe they can phantom IL somebody and make room for him on the playoff roster. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you pretty much across the board here. Gray. Next is Ryan Nelson. He got the call up from the Diamondbacks. He's like a top five arm in the system. Not their, not their top arm, but still a quality one. Uh, 
this year in 26 starts and 136 innings. He had a 5.43 ERA, a 1.39 WHIP, a 21.6% K rate, a 7.9% walk rate. In his debut, he went seven shutout innings versus San Diego. He's got the 95 mile an hour fastball. He's got a couple of breaking balls and a slider and a curve, and then kind of a just kind of a show me change. That's it's just uh, the uh, occasional, an pitch. occasional pitch. What do you think of Ryan, Ryan Nelson? Uh, nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's pr- again like NL only, maybe a streamer. Uh, yeah, I mean, if he's uh, if he's up next year, I could see him possibly like he's got good stuff. Like he's got a uh, a nice fastball, uh, potentially great curve and slider. So I, you know, if he's around. Like, if he's on their radar now, it's actually because he's 24 years old. So if he's on their radar now, he's a good name to, like, put in the back of your head for, like, if you're doing draft and hold, uh, you know, if you're doing, like, an NFBC 50-round draft and hold during the preseason, he's a good name to, like, grab because I I wouldn't be surprised if he's not drafted until, like, you know, after 400 overall in a deep deep league so like he's a good name to keep in like you know the back of your mind for like a league like that where he could potentially be in the rotation next year it's so hard to say uh with like you know because like the diamondbacks could go out and sign someone because right now like i think he's maybe the 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 sixth guy uh in the rotation uh for next year so if he's but if he's in the rotation, like that could easily change with like trades or signings. But if Nelson's in the rotation, I mean, he could be really a solid get for next year. For this year, I mean, it's just a streamer or like, you know, I don't know, NL only at best. Yeah, and I do wonder, just kind of looking at his numbers, if they had him specifically working on things in, in AAA this year, just because... It's kind of out of line for what he's been doing, um, but he needed to get the walks under control, and, and they've gotten gotten better the last couple of seasons. So it's really going to be about about his command, I think, because there's very good starts, and then there's kind of blow ups in between. So um, just just, just, a just a little inconsistency right now. Right now, yeah, agreed. All right, great. I think those are the primary call ups that are going to have any kind of potential impact for this year. Um, but moving on to some guys that are having, you know, strong finishes to the season that we're looking for next year. I, I know we've talked about this guy a couple of times, uh, so, I, I, but he keeps just doing it, Gray. I mean, he had another great week. Michael Harris, the second, he's number two on the player radar over the last 30 days behind only the great Jake McCarthy. I mean, he, <laughs> he has 93 games this year, 18 home runs, 16 stolen bases. He, he's hitting 311, 352, 557. If my math is correct, he's on pace for a 31-27 season over 162 games. I mean, where is he fitting for next year? Are we talking about a first or second rounder with this kind of pace? I mean, it's basically like a Bo Bichette 21 or like even J-Rod this year type of like projection that we're getting if we're, we're just applying what he's doing right now across the full season. I, you know, a lot of people, I don't know, I, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with, uh, you know, the Braves signed him for 12 years, uh, and, you know, they got a, they got a good deal, but if his, uh, like, if he wins player of the month, he gets a bonus, and he gets a, a coupon to Bed Bath & Beyond <laughs> for 15% off. So the Braves, like, they're going to have to go in their checkbook again, I think, with this Michael Harris guy. <laughs> that's, how good, that's how good he is. They might actually have even, like, a Dairy Queen free <laughs> lizard, maybe? The Subway I mean, Black card. Yeah. I don't know. The Braves might, they might be, they might have to cough up some more, uh, you know, free Fribble coupons for friendlies. It's going to be tough. Uh yeah, I think with uh, Michael Harris II, it's like there's people, there was people in the comments actually today. We we're recording this on Monday, and there was people in the comments asking about him for next year. And I don't know, man. Like it is that is a good question because I'm not sure. Like if you think about like the rankings for the most like uh, top twenty outfielders, like probably 
if I had to compare Michael Harris II to a guy right now uh, who was in the preseason this year, I would probably say Randy Azarena. Uh, so, like, that was, I, I want to say that was like around 60 overall. So, probably Michael Harris II in that range, like, Maybe the seventeenth, the fifth, the 16th to 18th overall outfielder for next year. And that's usually in the six, I want to say around 60 to, yeah, 60 range, 60 overall. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's probably where he's going to get slotted in. And projections wise for next year, I mean, what you prorate him for, like, I don't know. I mean, Probably in the same range as a, like a Randy Rosarena for uh, like his projections this year. I think we're roughly like 2020 to 50. I think Michael Harris II is probably going to be, I don't know, maybe 24, 20 to 70 for next year, I'm saying, for his projections. Uh, so, yeah, I mean – it's good. It's all good, man. I'm like, you know, I'm a big fan, obviously. I think he's like, he's got a really nice ceiling. Um, I, I don't know if we've seen necessarily the floor at all. I, maybe he doesn't have one. You know, the good thing about a guy who has speed like him, it's like you can't slump that dramatically because if you're chipping in steals, like you mentioned earlier, the uh, the top last 30 days is Jake McCarthy because of steals. Like, if you can give steals, you know, that, that that's a game changer in uh, fantasy right now. You know, next year, like I said earlier with the pitch clock, maybe there'll be more steals. But like I said, too, it's like you still have to have speed to steal bases. It's not like Austin Riley's suddenly going to steal 20 bags. So, yeah, I mean, Michael Harris II is like, I, I think, I want to say seven, I want to say 15th through 20th overall for outfielders, 60th overall for rankings, and probably 24 20. 270 i would say projections wise in in that range like you know don't hold me to any of that but some somewhere around there i would say i don't know what's your thoughts uh i think i'm ready to be the high man on michael harris next year uh i think i think my like low for him is like where cedric mullins was going this year which is you know 30 ish and I, I'm, I'm thinking I may even move him up into back in the second round. I mean, hell, Starling Marte was going 24th this year. I would much rather have him than Starling Marte on my team. Uh, Salvador Perez was going around that area as well. So I mean, I know that's this year, so that's easy to call out Salvador Perez and certain guys. But I'm just saying, like, we're looking at a guy that again was on pace for. 31-27 over 162. Nobody really projects 162 for guys, so even over 150. Looking at like a 25-25 type of season out of him, certainly the, some of the average could come down. Maybe he there's some adjustment period. His, his BABIP is sitting at 376 right now, but he's also a very fast guy who has good contact skills, so I expect his BABIP to remain fairly high as well, so I don't think that drops to like... 250 maybe he becomes a 280 270 hitter but uh i think i'm ready to just like start every draft i possibly can with michael harris as my second or early third rounder right now and be perfectly happy with that yeah no i mean i you know i can't argue with that because i really like him too so if uh you know if his adp is around 25 to 35 overall i might I might get in on him, like I might reach for him just to have a share or two because I really do like him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can put him in. Like you're talking, like yeah, I mean, Cedric Mullins was thirty thirty going out of last year and into this year, where you know, I mean, no one, I don't think anyone thought he was going to hit thirty homers again. But I mean, he was he was coming off of that to get drafted there. I don't know. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe he will go that high. 
I kind of hope he doesn't because I'd like to get more shares of him. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I, I might reach for him if he is going that high. So I guess we'll see. Yeah, I mean, my yeah. biggest concern, I think, on Harris is he's still hitting out of, like, the sixth spot, um, which is an adjustment from hitting nine, which is nice to see. But who are they bumping, again, from the Atlanta top three, four, where Harris is going to get the slot in? I mean, I perfectly, perfectly think, he think he belongs at, belongs one, at one or one two. Or two. But do they? Right, right. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, that is, uh, you know, I mean, if we're going with uh, recent sort of, you know, uh, recent injury-wise stuff, like, I don't know, how how many games can we really uh, say Acuna's going to be there for? I mean, I don't know. I'd like to say Acuna's going to be there for 155 games, but I don't know. So, yeah, I don't know. But also Michael Harris the second. He has guys in front of him who might move up before him, too. Like, you know, Vaughn Grisham could move up before Michael Harris is second. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the lineup is stacked. So him moving up that lineup is not going to be easy. They'll need injuries or, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see, but I I do like him a lot. Yeah, I mean, Acuna loves the one spot. The Braves seem content to give him that. Albies comes back. He's almost a locked-in two-spot for them, at least against lefties. So, you know, maybe maybe against righties, Harris hits second, and against lefties, he drops to six or seven, um, which is still fine. But, it, again, if I'm talking back in a second, I'd really like to see him up in the one through four spot. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think that's uh, – yeah, that is a concern for sure because uh, – I don't see him hitting in the top five in that lineup as of like, you know, or, or the top four at least. I don't know. Maybe he could hit five, but he's a weird guy to hit five. It's almost like his speed detracts from him, like hitting in the middle of the order because, I mean, it's not really like a middle of the order type bat, even though, I mean, he's obviously he's great. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at him now. It's hard for him to move up and we're still missing Albies. Right. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and the and the Braves have everyone locked up for like the next twenty five years. So it's at like $2. it doesn't even. Yeah, two dollars. <laughs> the Braves going around like, hey, hey, let's see. Uh, they're shaking their pockets. Like, hey, can we? Uh, let's see who we can sign. William Contreras. Hey, you want to? Uh, uh, how's this sound? We'll throw in a Bed Bath and Beyond fifteen percent off. Hold on, before you say no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know, we'll say. All right. All right. Uh, another, another guy that, guy that, that uh, uh, we were both high on the beginning of season, Gray. And one day, we're going to get August, September version <laughs> of him. And it's going to be glorious, Gray. It's going to be so beautiful. <laughs> Eloy Jimenez, since August 1st, he has 157 plate appearance. He's hitting 370, 446, <laughs> 570 with seven home runs. He's got a 16% K rate and a 12% walk rate over that time. Great. I'd like to actually, I'd like to see Eloy Jimenez get into the batter's box and hit right now, like right now, and then have him get in the batter's box and hit after we bring in Tony Larusa, just to see if there's any difference. <laughs> just, I just want to see if there's any dramatic difference if he, when he's hitting. We'll, we'll just have Tony Larusa right outside of the field area. We'll have him like right outside, <laughs> and then we'll bring him close for closer for each swing. And every swing that Eloy takes, Larusa steps five feet closer, <laughs> just to see at what point does Eloy pull a hamstring. <laughs> Oh, all right, Gray. So are, you, are we going to be back in on Eloy next year? I mean, he's so good when he's healthy, Gray. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, at this point, I I want to say, like, I, I kind of wish he wasn't having this good of a September because I I want to say his price is going to be so cheap. And I think even, even if he does have, you know, this good of a September, like you were saying, or uh, or August and September where he's hitting 370 with seven homers, I think uh, even if we're, even if he wasn't, even if he, even though he is having this good of a August, September, I still think his price is going to be so cheap. I don't think anyone's trapped and I'm high again. Like, I don't know. Like I was saying earlier with the top 20 outfielders, Eloy's got to be, I would say at least 
maybe 30, 35th outfielder, which is roughly like one ten, like 100 overall, like barely 100 overall, maybe. Like he's not going to be drafted like he's been drafted. So I think if nothing else, his price will be very reasonable. So, yeah, I think I'm going to be back in on him if if I'm correct in thinking like where his price should be. It's like that's a decent price if he's going to be like 100 overall. Like think about like where Giancarlo went this year, you know, like that's probably Eloy Jimenez sort of territory where it's like he could hit 40 homers and 280 or he could hit the IL five or six times. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, that's that's roughly I think. I think that's worth uh, grabbing Eloy in that, you know, sort of position. Like, um, think about, like, Yelich and Bellinger and Giancarlo, where they went this year. Eloy will probably be in that range next year. Yeah, that's exactly the range I was going to say. It was that Stanton, you know, Jesse Winker, Fran Mill, Bellinger type of range, that, like, 95 to 120 range. For, for Eloy, um, which is, you know, again, he went like 65 to 70, a top 20-ish outfielder this year. So at that discount, I'm probably back in. Uh, I mean, the, the upside is so, so high. I, I would say he probably goes towards the top side of that just because he is young. Um, so having the age on your side tends to buy you a little bit more time than... Uh, and forgiveness. Yes, absolutely. Another guy we were high on, Gray, Seiya Suzuki. Uh, for next year, are we saying yes or are we saying no? Since July 1st, so kind of post-injury return, 270, 324, 437, nine home runs, five stolen bases. I mean, that's that's kind of the pace we had him on maybe a little bit less for me because I was I was all in on Seiya, um, you know, not blinded by my Cubs, Cubs at all, I'm sure. But... Are you back in kind of as a, I don't know, an outfielder four type for next year? I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to do something, uh, I don't usually do, but I'm going to count on my fingers the months since July 1st. <laughs> uh, so that's a pace of, and on, uh, youtube.com backslash Rasball fantasy, you can see me count on my fingers. <laughs> um, that's a pace of like, 18 homers, 10 steals, 270. Mm, I mean, that's okay. I'm saying a full season pace. I mean, that's fine. That's not bad. I would say, uh, you know, I mean, maybe uh, one, if he's in the top 200, <laughs> it's too high. <laughs> no, if he's in the top two, like he's going to be at the bottom of the top 200 probably. I would say probably in the uh, – Maybe even a little bit beyond that in some leagues. Like I would say, one eighty-five to two twenty overall. I don't know. And yeah, I mean, I'm probably in at that price, but that's like you know fourth or fourth outfielder uh, roughly. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I I like I don't mind them at that price. I think. Any higher, I'm totally out, and I don't think he. I don't think he's going to go higher. If anything, he might go lower. In some leagues, I could see him even going undrafted, like um, like real shallow leagues. I could see in a shallow league, I could see him going, you know, undrafted. So yeah, I mean, I don't mind him. Like if he's after 200 overall, sure. If he's going to hit, you know, if his projections come out to like 18 homers and 10 steals. Yeah, and a 270 average, that's fine. I think, you know, he could even be a bit of a sleeper because, you know, this year he lost, like, what was it, like two months uh, to an injury? So, yeah, I mean, there might be something there for, like, a cheap flyer later on in uh, drafts, like as a fourth or fifth outfielder. Sure. Yeah, I mean, the I think the biggest part that I, I kind of point out for Seiya for next year and, and the fact that you can't get him cheap is why I, I kind of think it's there's some value here is that he did make – he got injured and he had an adjustment period and he's fixed it since then. He's kind of got on track and he's still going to hit in the top half of the Cubs lineup because we're terrible. Uh, so he's going to be, you know, a RBI runs producer 
that you can get as an outfielder four, five, seven, whatever it might be. Um, and I, I think that's there's going to be some value there. But just kind of wanted to bring that attention uh, since we were very high on him early in the year. Yeah, yeah, we were probably too high on him. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe that'll uh, that'll end up looking better after next year. Like if he's healthy for a full season, and you know, we never really saw like he was really good like the first couple weeks of April, and he's been really good in the last couple weeks in September. So I don't know if he can somehow do that in the middle of the season somehow. Then yeah, I mean he. I, it's too. I think it's too uh, soon to write him off completely. Yeah, I, I'm with I'm you. With we're, you. Still we're still talking about a guy about who's, guy I believe, 27, 27 years, years old. So, so we're not talking about a guy who's finished product. It's not like a lot of the other uh, people who have come over from Asia that are in their you know mid I mean, mid 30s. If you think about it, like it was like it was only two years, two preseasons ago. When Otani was going like around two twenty overall, yeah. So let's let's yeah. give him a little time. Um, but yes, I'll probably get in, be getting some shares uh, with a reduced draft cost. I think he was going like one fifty, one eighty this year. I would expect it to be well beyond two hundred for next year. And yeah, but I'm gonna be buying. All right, great. Last couple things here. The bullpen. Let's let's sag off a little bit here. What do you got for the people as they're chasing saves here down the stretch? Uh, okay, so uh, I think um, Jose Leclerc, uh, Texas, uh, for some reason, Texas changes closers like once a month. <laughs> not, not totally sure why, because they're not, it's not like they're winning, and it's not like the closers who were there previously were bad. Like, Joe Barlow was fine, and he just like totally disappeared. Then Jonathan Hernandez got like the month of August. And now it's Jose Leclerc in September. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Honestly, I have no idea what the Rangers are doing. Uh, but, yeah, it looks like Leclerc is now the uh, the closer there. And uh, Boston, John Schreiber has gotten most saves when he's, you know, he's not able to, you know, after he goes, he's like the most reliable arm. I think Whitlock and him are the most reliable arms. And Whitlock is in this like multi-inning role. Um, and, you know, the Red Sox also have Matt Barnes, who isn't good. So I think they're going to go to Schreiber if they, you know, if they can. It depends on, like, you know, if he's thrown recently or not because, um, you know, it's just like I don't think he can go more than two days in a row or, you know, something similar to that. Uh, anyway, uh, <coughs> yeah, I think um, – a Kyle Finnegan uh, has been awful in Washington. <laughs> that, I don't think I'd speculate any deeper than him in Washington. Uh, Carl Edwards Jr. is there. Uh, I would not necessarily I, – I wouldn't be speculating on it, but I guess if you're really super uh, desperate. And then Kenley Jansen has been awful um, for a while now. And I think like last seven appearances, he's just been really terrible. And I don't, I don't know, but like Snickers not changing the uh, closer role. He's not going, no matter how good Rossio Iglesias is and Rossio Iglesias isn't necessarily good all the time, but no matter how good he is, Snickers not, he's not removing Jansen. Jansen can't be removed anyway. Like in all fairness to Snicker, it's not like you can put Jansen in a setup role, like he's the closer or he's on the IL. So he's the closer. Anyway, Jansen's the closer, but he's been really bad um, for a while. Uh, but nothing's really going to change there. I think, uh, you know, Iglesias might get a save here or there just because, you know, Snicker might rest Jansen a little bit more, which is, you know, makes sense since they're going to be going to the playoffs. Um, and then, uh yeah. I don't know. I think that's about it. You have any other guys? Uh, no, I just wanted to say a couple things. Uh, a, Matt Barnes, actually the three guys who you said have, are, haven't been very good, have actually been pretty good recently. Matt Barnes, Rysel Iglesias, and Carl Edwards have all been pretty solid. Um, Matt Barnes is kind of the backup to Scriber, so if you're getting, you know, if you're looking for that kind of saves, I, I wouldn't mind it there. Um, I think Edwards could take the job for Finnegan because Finnegan has been that bad. And I wouldn't be surprised to see a Phantom IL stand for Kenley. And and since joining 
the Braves. Rysel has actually been pretty good. He's back in the you know where he he knows everything, and uh, he's had a zero point five seven ERA since coming back. So I think there's maybe some opportunity there again if you're if you're chasing down every last possible save opportunity. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really have any other names to throw out there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that all sounds about right. I was probably being too harsh on the setup guys. <laughs> I just think, you know, Matt Barnes has burned me so bad in the in the past. Matt burns <laughs> and then uh the nationals are just such an awful team that yes, i don't yeah. know speculating deeper than you know the closer if you know if carl edwards jr gets a save he could have the job for the rest of the year because finnegan's been so bad but you know the nationals are just a really bad team and then I think Snicker wants Jansen to be the closer, but you're right. Erasio uh, Iglesias hasn't been bad, so yeah. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. I just think, uh, just kind of want to point out that there is there is a few guys that are possible deep save opportunity there. Um, obviously, if you have closers available in your league, grab them. Um, waivers, Greg, got, got some, some bats for the people out there? Uh, yeah, you know what? David Viar, who is this guy? (laughs) I was like, you know, the Giants, I'm convinced that the Giants just feel like that they could create anything into something. They're just like, you know, we did it with Wilmer Flores. (laughs) Let's see if we take the Jonathan Viar DFA announcement that was in the paper and we pour water on it. Let's see if it sprouts into something. Whoa, what is this? David Byar, oh, they just created him literally out of thin air. Uh, I, you know, I guess him. He's been hot. I mean, I'll, give you, I'll give you that. I, I don't know. Like I saw recently, he got picked up in one of my NL only leagues, and I was like, oh man, I wish I would have picked him up. <laughs> I didn't realize he was available, but that just shows you how far out of nowhere he came that he was available in a 12 team NL only league because no one's available in a 12 team NL only league. But he was there because he's literally come out of nowhere. Like, you know, and in that league, there's prospects around like that are that have no chance of coming up this year. So, yeah, it's a deep league and he was there. So, yeah, he really came out of nowhere. Anyway, uh, Eduardo Escobar, who we've mentioned a bunch before, he's been really hot. Um, Elvis Andrews has been crazy hot for a while. Uh, his uh, teammate, uh, A.J. Pollock, has been crazy hot for a while. Um, you know, uh, Oscar Gonzalez has been pretty hot. Um, IKF, uh, Israeli diner falafel has been like really kind of hot too. Um, I think he hit, I think he hit two homers last week. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, is there, let me see. I'll do, uh, sort Edmondo, uh, Sosa Edmundo Sosa has been hot in the last seven. Um, Jake McCarthy has been hot for the last 30 days, as mentioned earlier. Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Daza has been hot, uh, and it uh, looks like Tony Kemp has been hot for the last seven days. So, yeah, uh, those are some guys I would I would be looking at. Yeah, and I guess on the arm side, um, you know, a lot of these guys I've, I've kind of said over the last few weeks, but that's, that's who's left now. Uh, we got Hayden Wesneski for the Cubs. Uh, that's a guy that's a new one to the to the list. Uh, he's actually been been pretty strong since coming up. Uh, Kyle Bradish has looked good coming down the stretch. Dean Kramer since getting transitioned over to the starter role. Jose Suarez, same kind of thing. Um, Drew Smiley, a uh, guy that I've kind of always been in on, just in and out. Whenever he's healthy, though, he's pitched well, and he's doing that right now. Um, and then Drew Hutchinson, you know, he's kind of multi-inning it down there and uh, doing just doing his thing. We've talked about, talked about him before and uh, just – Looks uh, looks strong for you know the the thirty two year old coming out of nowhere for Detroit. Yeah, no, completely. Uh, Dean Kramer actually, I I picked him up in one league to stream him this week uh, to stream him this week. So uh, 
when he's awful, you know why. <laughs> you'll, you'll know. You'll know why. Yeah, don't blame me for that one. But that's a, that's a great pickup on that one. So just uh, just focus your attention that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Happy to help with that, Gray. Uh, as always, if you have specific comments as you're getting down to the end here, you can always find us in Rasball on the post, or you can come out to youtubecom fantasy and post them on the video, or you can find us on Twitter. I am at Razbedon. Gray is, of course, the owner of the at Razball account. Until next time, best luck in your matchups, and I'll talk to you later, Gray. All right, ladies. <laughs>